Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. I guess I've already said good morning to you, haven't I? You're like, you already said that at the beginning. Hey, man, really glad you guys are here. Uh, if, you're, if you're a guest today, we've been in a series now for four weeks. This is our fifth week uh, called Family Tree. And obviously, as you walked in today, you could tell this is going to be a unique service. And so let me kind of explain what we're doing uh, here today. Like I said, if you've been attending our church, you've been in the series, if you're new today, man, I'd encourage you to go back, uh, watch Family Tree. You can grab our apps. a great way to, to, to do all that. Because here's what we've been doing for the last few weeks. We've, we've been inviting God and his Holy Spirit to just kind of sit with us as we ask a pretty simple but profound question. Right? What is my family tree growing in me? And as I've been saying for the last few weeks, that question doesn't end today. That, that's a question we're going to take with us, hopefully, th- for the rest of our lives. As we try to partner uh, with, with God to just look and say, is there anything in our past that's affecting our present and keeping us from the future God created us to live? Um, and as your church, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we have resources. We have people who would love to talk with you. We have groups. So, so we're in this with you. Our hope is that this series is the beginning of a lifetime of allowing Jesus to, to mold us, to shape us, to heal wounds from the past, uh, to, to make our family trees better so we can pass that on to our kids, what we talked about last week. And so all of that, for the last few weeks, we've been really looking inside. We've been looking at ourselves. We've been looking at our families. We've been looking at what God wants to do in us. And today, we're going to pivot because... One of my jobs as your pastor is to make sure, no matter what we do, we always keep our eyes on what God has his eye on. And God always has his eye not only on us, but what he can accomplish through us. God is always giving us opportunities, as we say here, to change the world. Because that's what he wants to do, and the local church is the mechanism through which he's chosen to move. And so today, we're kind of bridging some things in our church. We're finishing Family Tree. And if you've been around our church for a long time, you know that there is an initiative that we talk about all the time. It's one of the heartbeats of our church. Every fall, we spend several weeks uh, talking about and going over it. And that initiative is something we call Love MB. Uh, Maybe you've seen the T-shirts. Maybe you've participated in some of our events. Maybe you've given to the Love MB offering. Uh, It specifically is the way we as a church try to help our community grow and improve. And again, if you've been around, you've heard this, but let me, I want to briefly make sure we're all on the same page today. So here's what Love and Be is. Love and Be is our initiative to resource nonprofits in our community that are making Horry County a better place, right? What we do is we find these great organizations that are doing things that match the heart of God, things that we as a church wish we could do. They're just doing it better than we are. And so we go to them and we say, hey, how can we help? And what they always tell us is we need money and volunteers, And so that's why every fall we take an offering up, the Love and Be offering. We took up over $100,000 last fall and this year in 2024. We will give that out to great organizations in our community uh, that are making a difference. And we do that because they're doing things that God cares about. They They are doing things that match the heart of God, and it's our ability to partner with them. And the real reason we do this is very simple. Love and Be is really our attempt at changing the world. Everybody says they want to change the world. This is how we figured out how to actually be a part of it. We partner with organizations that are changing the world. 
And if you've been around our church, you've heard us talk about love and be forever. But again, I want to make sure we're, we're all on the same page. So I want you to understand why. Why it's so critical to us as a church that we're a part of this and that we do this and that we are known for this. It's because our Savior, Jesus, commanded it. On the last meal he had with his disciples, we talk about this night all the time. It was a Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, Later that night, he's going to be arrested. Friday morning, he's going to be convicted. By Friday afternoon, he's going to be nailed to a tree, and he's going to die. They're going to bury him in a borrowed tomb. Saturday is going to be the worst day of their lives. And then Sunday morning, he comes back to life and changes the world. So the things he says before this are wildly important to us. We study them all the time. And there's a command, a new command that he gave to his disciples that night that is the heartbeat behind love and be and it's really the heartbeat behind everything we do as a church. And I want to take you to the command real quick. Jesus says to his disciples and through his disciples to all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. But then he adds, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. See, he had never done that before. He had modeled love but he never made himself the standard. If you were here last week, how do we parent our kids well? We love as Jesus loves us. How do we change the world? We love as Jesus loves us. He gave us a new new standard. We don't love as we've been loved. We don't love as our parents loved us. We don't love as our friends love us. We don't love as our spouse loved us. Our calling is to love as Jesus loved us. He gave that command and then he went and laid down his life. So that's, the standard for us. That's the model. And you may say, well, why? Why was this so important? And it's because Jesus understood something, and he makes it clear next. The reason he wants us to do this is because your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Now, again, he was going to give his disciples the ability to perform miracles. They were going to heal people. They were going to bring people back to life. He could have said, your miracles are going to prove to the world you're my disciples. He could have said, your passionate and compelling speeches, your sound logic, that's going to prove to the world you're my disciples. But he didn't. He said, your love. The way you treat other people. And in another verse specifically, the way you treat those who can never pay you Jesus calls them the least of these. Not because they are the least important, because that's not the way he thinks. They're just the least able to return the favor. And he says, how we treat them, that's going to prove to the world that you really believe I am who I say I am. So as a church, we do everything we can to show that love, to be a part of that love because Jesus understood something radical, something we've all experienced, but we don't always know how to put into words. He understood that it was our behaviors in his name that was going to draw people to him. And that's kind of the paradox of being a Christian. We talk about this all the time. We understand when it comes to being a Christian that beliefs change us. All we have to do is have faith in Jesus. 
I don't have to perform my way to Jesus. I don't have to do all these certain things. I say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you came back to life for me. I surrender my life to you. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a child of God. I get in. I get to go to heaven. He's going to lead me for the rest of my life. It's faith. It's a belief system. We don't have to earn it. And every one of us in the room who calls ourselves Christians is because we believe in Jesus. But the reason we believe in Jesus is because someone in our life behaved like Jesus. This is how we say it here. We know that beliefs change us, but it's behaviors that change the world. It's when we behave in a way that is consistent with our beliefs. That's what moves people's hearts. And you know this because it's why you became a Christian. It's why you fell in love with Jesus. It's because someone in your life behaved like Jesus. And so the reason we spend so much time and energy talking about Love Myrtle Beach and, and serving our community and helping our community is because we believe what Jesus said. It's not going to be our speeches. It's not going to be our miracles. It's not even going to be our gatherings. It's going to be the way we treat, treat people. Why we love people that will prove to them not only that we are Jesus' disciples, but that will prove to them that they should place their faith in him as well. That's why love and be matters so much to us. That's why we talk about it so often. And it's why I'm so excited about today. Because today we get an opportunity to partner with an organization. Don't miss this that's going to connect us with churches in an area we've never been to, but churches that love their community just as much as we love Myrtle Beach. And through that partnership, God is giving us the opportunity to change family trees, not just ours, not just here and now, but to change family trees around the world. And so I want to show you a quick intro video to this organization called One Child. Then I'm going to bring up my friend James, and we're going to talk about the opportunity God has put before us today. So check out the video. My dreams start when I wake up. A dream fine become maybe a doctor or a teacher, or I could have my own business. But it's more than that too. I dream of life without the hard things that surround me. I dream of a full life with more happy moments. I am on a journey and sometimes it's scary, which means I have to be brave. But I am not alone. This journey is surrounded by champions helping me, listening to me and believing in me. This is a journey with laughs. A journey with lots of work. A journey with care. A journey with love. A journey that is hard, but no longer hopeless. A journey that starts with someone far away. Someone who wants me to thrive. Someone who believes in me and everything I will become. Someone like you.
Help me welcome my buddy James to the stage. Thank you. Uh, real quick, uh, let me tell you a little bit about, about James and One Child and how we even got involved. Uh, I met James almost two years ago mm -hmm. through, uh, through some mutual pastor friends, and we began a conversation. <laughs> and, and this is where we are now. It took, it took two years of, of praying because we wanted this to be a strategic um, intro to, to all of us. And about a year ago, we talked again, and I knew where we were going. I knew we were coming out of this series, Family Tree, and I just felt like this would be the perfect opportunity to, to introduce uh, you to, to one child and to the partnership that, that we're trying to create. And so I apologize it took two years, James, but uh, we, we try to do things in order around here. So, man, I'm, I'm pumped you're here. Yeah. Why don't you give us a brief just kind of an intro? Who is one child? Uh, what do they do? Yeah, thank you. What a privilege to be with you. Uh, I love your pastor and your leaders here, and um, I'm thankful to, to be starting this new partnership with you. Um, and I'm glad it's taken two years. That actually is valuable because it means we didn't just jump into this thing and, and, and just, you know, let's just try it, see what happens. Like there's a lot of thought and prayer and planning that's gone into this day. And so uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about One Child because I'm guessing you're probably hearing about this organization for the first time. One Child, we call ourselves a, a global community of child champions. And we define a child champion as anybody who gives of themselves so that a child can thrive. So around the world where we work with uh, children living in pretty extreme places, uh, a lot of slums and extreme poverty, most, almost all of them are living uh, well below the poverty line in their, in their nation. Uh, everywhere that we work, we have volunteers and workers who are called, we call child champions. Those who actually care for those children, they, they help nurture them in the areas of their health, and they help tutor them, and they coach them, they encourage them, they walk alongside them. You saw them actually in the video. I, don't, I wish I could play it again so you could watch for the adults in the video because there's a lot of children there, but if you watch closely, there's adults with them, walking alongside them, tutoring them, teaching them, uh, caring for them. Those are our child champions, and they're everywhere around the world that we work. But child champions exist here as well. There are child champions in this room. If you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're a tutor or a mentor, uh, if, you, uh, if you teach a, something in, in school, whatever it is, if you're giving of yourself so that children have a better chance at thriving in a particular area or in every area, then you are a child champion. That's how we would define you. And so today is the opportunity for you to actually join our global community of child champions by becoming a champion for one of the children that's uh, in one of our hope centers around the world. So that's a little bit about who one child is. Yeah, and, and you just said, I want you to explain the structure because this was really what drew us to, to partner with one child. You have, you have hope centers, that's where the kids go, but my, those hope centers are all sponsored by a local church mm -hmm. or local churches. And so what we'll really be do? well, you tell them. I don't know why I'm telling them. <laughs> you were doing so well. I'm so excited about <laughs> I it. I was going to, like, write notes and but stuff like you that. You flew from the West Coast for this. Yes, so. I did. So, okay, so uh, this is why I work for One Child. This is actually why I took the job at One Child uh, when it was offered to me. It's because we do what we call the church partnership model. So what we're doing is we're taking a church here somewhere in North America 
and we're connecting them to a church or a community, a, a, maybe like a cluster of churches in, an, in a community somewhere else in the world, uh, in the developing world. And, uh, and we're connecting them through child sponsorship. So you can sponsor a child from that community. But because you're doing it together as a local church, you're all going to be sponsoring children who come from the same community, and they're connected to a local church there that cares about their community the way that you care about your community here. And uh, so it's called the church partnership model. It, it means that it's not just a sponsor to a child, but it's also a community to a community, a pastor to a pastor. And, um, and if any of you have sponsored children before, maybe it happened in a, in, at a concert or something like that. And other people were sponsoring children at that concert, but you never ever did anything together with them ever again. Like you didn't actually go somewhere to meet those sponsored children together. You didn't know those other people who were sponsoring those children. And many times, most times, those children aren't even coming from the same part of the world. They're coming from kind of wherever. And so what I love about the model and why I took, like I said, why I took the job is that it's actually church to church partnership. And uh, today is our partnership launch Sunday. That's, I just now named it. We. So, it's a good name. Yeah, there will be T-shirts next Sunday, so yeah. it's going to be great. But no, for, I want you to understand for us, that was the thought process behind this. And if you were around last fall, we were talking, when we did Love MB, you may have heard me kind of hint, hey, in February, we have an opportunity to take this around the world. And it's exactly what you said. The churches we're going to partner with love their community just as much as we love ours. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of what we get to do next is, is we get to open our eyes more to what God's doing around the world. The really cool thing about this is because we'll have a partnership in a place with churches, that will enable us in the future uh, to take trips. Um, you, you know, one, one of the goals is if you want to, you'll be able to, to meet the child that you sponsor. Um, and I don't know what all of your church backgrounds were. I've talked many times. I was raised Southern Baptist. And if you were raised Southern Baptist, you went on mission trips Every summer, like it was sort of required. And here's what I'll tell you, man, especially going those in middle school and high school, uh, there's a change that happens in your heart when your eyes are opened uh, to what God's doing around the world. And, and so that, that's truly why you're here is what you said, why you took the job. It's because we get to partner with a church, um, and I'm really excited about that. So now that you understand how it works, let's talk about uh, what this program does for the child. Yeah. So when I first uh, took the job at One Child, I, um, I, I thought I understood what sponsorship was because I had sponsored children with another organization for 20 plus years. And I, I didn't really have a very thorough understanding. I thought, well, they get help with, I think they get clothes and I think they get food and I'm sure that they, you know, they get help with their education. I just didn't know exactly what happened with them. And so uh, the answer to that question is what happens, at least when, when it comes to one child, when you sponsor a child, is that child gets to be a part of a development program. So when you hear the word sponsorship, think of the word development. Uh, and the spiritual version of development is called discipleship. Same, same concept. And we do holistic development so that the children who are sponsored are in a program, and in that program, the child champions who are around them are making sure that they're getting help with their education, so tutoring and keeping, trying to keep them in school as long as possible, hopefully graduating from high school. Uh, gives them so many better opportunities if they are able to do something like that. Um, it, nutrition, making sure that they ever, every time they visit the Hope Center, they're getting a well-balanced meal. 
And we even uh, sometimes help teach parents a little bit more about how to shop and how to cook for their children so that their children are getting the nutrition that they need. Uh, medical care, screening, um, if they have immunizations that they need, whatever it is that they need that they would not otherwise be able to afford, their parents would not be able to get them those things. Uh, one child helps take care of that, that's part of development. And then this one's pretty important, socialization, a safe place for a child just to be a child. Uh, if you've ever been in slums or even seen videos of slums, you saw some in the video that we just watched, that they're not good places for children to play. And yet, children, they're playing. That's the, the only option they have. Um, and we want to make sure that they have a place, not only a space that is safe, but people in that space, the adults who are around them that are safe for them as well. So those are our child champions. And then the final thing that is a part of our holistic development is spiritual development. So all of our hope centers are connected to and, and staffed by a local church. The volunteers, the child champions come from the local church and those, those local churches are making sure that these children get to hear about the God who created them, who loves them, who would sacrifice anything, uh, the most important thing for them, and, um, and, he, and who created them on purpose and for a purpose. So a lot of children uh, in those circumstances, they, don't, they might never have even heard that their parents love them. But when they get to hear that God loves them and they get to experience that love through the child champions uh, caring for them, they begin to see, different, uh, see differently, and they begin to have hope. And we define hope this way. Hope is a vision of a preferred future, a way to get there, and the courage to try. So if these children come to our Hope Center and they start to believe, maybe tomorrow could be better than today. Maybe uh, there is something for me in my future that I, I didn't even think I could dream of. If they can start to have that kind of hope, then the pathway to get there is the program that they're in, the development program. And the courage to try, if it was easy, everyone would just do it, right? But it, it takes courage to try to reach that goal, to reach out for that hope that you have. And that comes from walking with child champions. That's where the courage comes from. So all of that is, um, is what sponsorship does. That's what, it, that's what it actually creates is this development program. And, and the children will benefit from that. And so will their families. And then so will the whole community. Yeah, one of the things we talk about every time we talk about Love MB is we try to find great organizations uh, that are doing things better than we could, and one child obviously is. And that's why we're bringing it to the church um, to, to have you consider uh, sponsoring a child today and, and being a part of this. Uh, but I wanted you to talk a little bit, because you told the story last hour, about um, the goal. Yeah. You know, where, where, what you've seen happen in the lives of these kids as they go through this program. Yeah, so this is my story. I, uh, this is how I actually came to One Child. I was a youth pastor for 20 years, uh, worked, in a, worked in our uh, national office for our youth ministry as well for a few years. And then uh, when I was looking for a job, I was in between jobs looking for a job doing a startup company. I was looking for just any nonprofit. I didn't re even really know what there was. I was living in Colorado Springs, and this organization, One Child, came up. And so I applied. And, uh, and they immediately got back to me and said, we'd like to have you come in for an interview. And so I, I was driving on my way to that interview, and I decided in the car, in my heart, on the way to the interview, to not tell them that I don't really like children that much. Because <laughs> so, I thought, 
that could be detrimental to me getting the job <laughs> at one child. So, so I'm driving, and, I, and it's, it's, uh, the truth is I, I do like children. I have children. I love them. They're, they're fabulous. But, um, but I'm a youth ministry guy at heart. Like, the teenagers have my heart. And um, I honestly was thinking, I, I don't really care that much about children's ministry, not the way I do about youth ministry. And then, I, and then the crisis I was having, the crisis of, I got the job, by the way. They hired me because <laughs> I kept my mouth shut. And, uh, but I was having a crisis after being hired. I was still feeling like, can I, do I want to do a job if I'm not passionate about it? Like if I don't feel in my soul and uh, that, I, that I really want to do it because my entire career so far had been youth ministry and I loved it. Like I loved everything about youth ministry except for the teenagers and, <laughs> and their parents. So the, the pizza was good is what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. So I love youth ministry. I really did. I was passionate about it. And I didn't know if I could have that kind of passion and, and do what I was doing at one shop. So fast forward, get the job. I'm on my very first vision trip. So I'm taking some pastors to see what we do in the field. And this is my first time being out there. Like I haven't even seen what we do yet. So we're walking through a slum in, uh, in Santiago uh, in, the, in uh, the Dominican Republic. So big city, big slum, the most dangerous slum I've ever been in. The, I've been in some pretty crazy places around the world. This place is uh, the, I've never been more afraid than I have been the three different times that I've been in this slum. And the name of the slum, if it'll just help you to understand, if you translate it into English, the name of the slum is get out if you can. And people live there <laughs> their whole lives. There are people who say, yeah, I live and get out if you can. And apparently I can't get out because I'm still living there. So we're walking through the slum on a bright, sunny morning, but it felt dark to me. Like there was a spiritual oppression in that place. And, and as we're walking through, the, the pastor was giving us a tour of, of the, the community because we have a Hope Center in that community. But so he was giving us a tour around the community, and I felt the darkness of it. Like I, I, I saw the signs of gangs. I saw the signs of drug use. I saw the signs of prostitution. I could see all of that. I could see that the, the homes were mostly just shacks. The sewer lines were just open ditches in the, in the, on, along the ground. There was a, just a ton of garbage everywhere. And children just living their lives, playing, doing whatever, in that place. And it just felt like, oh, children should not be playing in this place. Uh, they shouldn't be living in this place, let alone playing here. So uh, we continued walking through, and, and I just, again, I had this sense. It, there was just a sense of darkness and heaviness in that place. We got to our destination, which was the home of one of our sponsored children. We were going to meet a sponsored child, going to meet her, her parents, and then find out what sponsorship is all about for her. And when we walked into this little home, it was just a two-room home, but when we stepped into this home, there was something different in that place. It felt like a place of peace. It felt like somehow grace and mercy were resting on that little home in the middle of this dark place. And then this teenage girl comes walking out. I thought it was going to be a child. She was probably 15, 16 years old. And she comes walking out and introduces herself to us, and she's excited to bring her parents out, and she introduces us to her parents, and she tells us all about uh, her, her 
growing up as a sponsored child in the development program, and she goes and gets her letters that her sponsor had written to her and brought them out and showed them to us, and we all hand them around. And I was just like, man, this girl's, this girl's really incredible. And the other pastors were, like, super impressed as well. They're like, tell us, like, what do you want to do um, when you finish high school? And that's a somewhat dangerous question to ask a child who's been raised in poverty. Not all of them have a plan. Uh, many of them don't. And the, there, there is, I asked a child, I asked a teenager one time in the Philippines, what are you going to do after you graduate high school? And he kind of laughed and looked at his friends and went like this, like, there's nothing to do here, but we'll just get drunk. Like, that's all we'll do after high school. And uh, so it's a little bit of a dangerous question, but she immediately responded with, I'm going to be a dentist. And when she smiled, she had brand new braces on, like shiny, really brand new gleaming braces. So I don't know if this is the truth, but this is the story I've made up in my mind. Like, th 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 this is true. She actually got those braces with the help of one child. But that girl spent a lot of time in a dentist chair. And she was happy with the results of being in a dentist chair. And I think she wanted to pass that on. I think she wanted to learn how to be a dentist so she, she could do that for others. Um, I, that's how I tell the story anyway. Um, but then we walked out. We said goodbye, and we stepped outside. And as I stepped back out into what I call the war zone, uh, nothing had changed out there. It still looked the same. It still had that kind of heaviness about it, the darkness about it. But in my heart, something changed that day. And I said to God, I didn't say this out loud, but I said it in my heart. I said, God, if the programs that we run at One Child produce a teenager like that in a community like this, then I can advocate all day, every day, for the rest of my life for the children in our programs. So that's eight years ago, and this is what I've been doing, and this is why I do what I do. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so why don't, yeah, you oh, clap yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we've talked big picture. Yeah. Um, tell uh, our church a little bit about the community we're going to partner with, uh, and then specifically how we can partner with One Child. Okay. So the, the place where the community where the Hope Centers are that you'll be partnering with is called La Seba. It's in Honduras. It's on the, uh, what, I would, what I would call the kind of the Caribbean side of Honduras. So if you were in Cancun, Mexico, and just went straight south, um, you would run into the Caribbean shore of Honduras. And uh, that's where La Seba is. And it's a beach town. I don't know if any of you are familiar with beach towns, but this is, <laughs> this is a beach town. So, um, and it's, it's, it's a difficult place. Someone in between services told me she was doing research during the first service on her phone while I was talking, and, uh, which is not rude. It's, uh, it's just educational. She was, <laughs> she was, she said that she looked up the poverty levels, like, or the uh, crime level, and she said it's like 89%, one of the highest crime levels in all of Central America. So this is, this is part of where our people are trying to bring hope uh, in, in a really, really dark place. So, um, so, so this is, the communities there are great. I'm actually gonna be there on Tuesday. I'm going down to see some of these hope centers and visit these pastors and take some pastors down with me to see them and meet them. Uh, those pastors are great pastors. They are faithful pastors. 
because it's not an easy place to pastor a church. It's not an easy place to do outreach into your community. But these guys and gals are sold out. They are all in, uh, and, and they've been doing it for years. So, uh, so we get to come alongside them and help, and help uh, kind of support the ministries that they already do, the vision that they already have. We get to be a part of helping to support that. Did I answer your whole question? Oh, how, yeah, we, how so do we get specifically, involved? Specifically, yeah. how can we partner with One Child as a church today? Yes. So this is, uh, this is how we actually start this. We launched this partnership is by you sponsoring children. And so I'm just showing you a profile. We have some of these out in the foyer, out in the lobby. Uh, this guy's name is Yassir, um, which kind of sounds like yes, sir, but it's, I don't think that's what it means. He is a boy. He's 10 years old. His birthday is December 13th. And he lives in Honduras. All of the children that we have for sponsorship today are from the same community in Honduras. Uh, I, I looked on the inside just to see what, uh, what he's like. It says he's curious, he's disciplined, he's friendly, he's generous, he's loving. Um, he, it says chores that he does around the house is cleaning the yard and sweeping and mopping the floors. I don't think he does that. Um, somebody, his mom was helping mom him fill this one. out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it says, uh, when I'm grown, I want to be a public safety or a police officer. So, so Yasir, if you wanted to sponsor him, uh, you would just fill out this form that's inside the profile, this white card. This is the important part. If you fill out this white card, you have to tear that out and leave it with me. Leave that with us, one of the volunteers or myself. If you just take this whole thing and walk away with it, and you're like, I'm going to go pray on this at home, uh, we lose track of that child. We don't know if anyone is actually going to sponsor that child, and we call it kidnapping. So if you do that, the volunteers have been instructed to tackle kidnappers on site. So, so don't even try. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, if you can fill that card out and leave that with us. This is a bit of a good news, bad news moment. Um, the good news is things went very well in the first service. Um, we had every available child, we had a profile here for every available child from Laseba. Every child that is registered in their program and ready to be sponsored, we had those profiles out there or online. And uh, we're down to, we had 90 to start with, and we currently have 15 left. So the first service, I know. <laughs> so that's the good news. Um, this is also good news. Fifteen of you are going to be able to sponsor a child today. <laughs> um, and also we have some, ch some children available online, especially for those of you watching online, can sponsor a child there as well. Um, we are going to add more children as they become available. We have a website just for Wellspring Church. The children on there will only be children from La Seba, from the communities where you're partnering. And so we will give you updates later on. But I mean, honestly, praise God for the response already. It's incredible. And uh, we're going to get all these kids sponsored today, I believe. Yeah, there's 15 left. So don't, <laughs> don't hear first service took care of it, right? <laughs> I, I, when we dismiss uh, in a few minutes, I want there to be a race, uh, you know, <laughs> to get, the, to get those, those next 15. Did we mention how much, it, how much it cost? Oh, I don't think I talked about that. So sponsorship is $39 a month. So that program that the children get enrolled in, that's, that's what it costs, $39 a month. 
goes towards enrolling them in that program. On the profiles, you'll see there's a $45 a month option. That extra $6 roundup, that goes towards what we call our unsponsored child fund. Uh, that's optional for you. You don't have to do that. But it goes towards our unsponsored child fund, which takes care of children once we've enrolled them in the program, like Yasir is now in our program, but he doesn't yet have a sponsor. So he's getting all the benefits of the program, uh, but he doesn't have a sponsor. So we're covering the cost to keep him in the program until we can find him a sponsor. So that's what that other uh, that roundup is for. So. Yeah, and again, we always talk about for Love and Be. We find groups doing doing a great thing, and the amount of resources and the amount of life change in these children's lives for for thirty nine dollars a month is is pretty astounding. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of the reasons you know we, we want to partner. Uh, you know, we want to store those treasures in heaven. We want, as Paul says, use our money to do good. Yeah. Um, Danielle and I have already sponsored. And uh, for those of you wondering, we sponsored a little girl because <laughs> Danielle decided finally <laughs> there will be enough with the boys. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Yoselin. Uh, and we're, we're very excited about that. But uh, look, this is obviously something we're, we're passionate about. And I've been excited to share with you. And so, you know, what we're going to do now is we're just going to give you some space um, I'm going to pray for us in a moment, and then we're going to sing a song, um, because I don't know about you, but a lot of times the Holy Spirit speaks to me while I'm singing, and, and so as we sing this song, uh, he, here's what I'd encourage you to pray, uh, just simply to say, hey, 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 God, how would you want me to partner um, with this organization that, that Wellspring's partnering with uh, to change family trees around the world? Um, and I believe if you pray that, I believe God's going to answer, and you'll have a clear next step. Uh, and again, and, and I'm praying we run out of uh, sponsorships today. That that's my, he was bummed about it. I was real excited. I was like, yeah, we did it. Um, <laughs> but as he said, we're going to add more. And if you follow us on, on you'll get emails. You'll through social media. You know, we'll, we'll, we we want to be a church that that meets whatever the need is and whatever arises there there in the Seba. This is not a one-time partnerships. Why well, it took two years. You know, we believe this is a, is a lifelong partnership right. with you guys and with this community. Yeah. And so uh, we're just excited about it. And we thank you for being here to share this with us. Yeah. And um, just can't wait to see what God does. Yeah, me too. You know? Thank you all so much. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank my buddy James for being here. So, so here's what we're going to do. As I said, I want to pray over you. Uh, and then we're going to sing. Um, and as we sing, just ask the Holy Spirit to, to direct your steps. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. Uh, God, we are, we are so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for what you do in our lives and our hearts. We're so grateful that you are changing our family tree. And Jesus, we thank you for world-class organizations doing world-class work around the world that we get to partner with. Um, we thank you that, that we get to partner with a community in Laseba that loves Laseba as much as we love Myrtle Beach. And Father, we thank you that we have the means, we have the resources to help. Father, we thank you that our generosity gets to be the answer to a prayer. That our generosity in this moment literally gets to be the miracle they've been praying for. So Father, as we sing, open our eyes, open our hearts, make our next steps clear. We love you, we thank you. So in your son's name we pray. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's sing together.